Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. No one knew what was wrong, and they couldn't figure it out until the biopsy. That was the only option to figure out what actually was going on. Then, Taylor's mom, who was in choir with me, um, she we were at choir practice on a Wednesday night, and she had just learned of the diagnosis, and she shared what was going on with Taylor as a prayer request for the team, and we prayed for Taylor. And she had these little pamphlets, and God did a thing in my heart at that moment that I'll never forget, because I have a son who is just a little younger than Taylor, and he's had diabetes since he was eight. Um, so type one diabetes. And so I know what it's like for a mother to have a child with you know, health issues. And right then I just thought, oh my goodness, if a mother had a child with a health issue and someone could help, wouldn't they want them to help? So I knew right then that I would pursue it just to find out at least if I was a match. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, she was a match. Today on Connections, we're gonna hear how these two strangers came together how their lives have been transformed. It's an amazing story and testimony of the greatness of God. And we're going to hear all about that today on Connections. We're joined today by Sandra St. Cyr as well as Taylor Kep. Now, these two were strangers just a few years back, but they have an unbelievable story of how they came together. Sandra, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to know Taylor. Well, I didn't really know (laughs) Taylor. But I know, well, I'll just go into it. I'm a, a retired uh, school teacher and I uh, just retired in September. I have four grown children and my daughter uh, graduated with Taylor's older sister. And I know Taylor's mom from school and church. And that's how I became aware of Taylor's need. Now, Taylor, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and eventually how the two of you came to meet. Um, Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, sorry, I don't really, <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say. Like I'm 23. I was diagnosed when I was 20, um, with kidney disease stage five. Um, and I work at Shapes Fitness Center on Naren. Great place. Love that place. <laughs> um, I honestly, I'm very crafty and I'm very, uh, I'm very fun. I'm just going to say that. I'm very goofy. So I might, <laughs> I might just be very goofy on here. I'm very sorry in, in advance. <laughs> so you said stage five. I don't know if I've heard of diseases stage five before. You hear stage four often and you know that's very bad. So I assume yeah. stage five is pretty much as bad as it can get. Tell us about that and what it was like to hear that news. Um, it was very shocking. So um, in like on September 11th of 2019, I went to like to go to a doctor and they found that my kidneys were failing. Um, and it was a complete surprise because I was feeling really good. I was only tired and had headaches. Um, and so stage five is basically that you're essentially dying. Like your kidneys have basically no function. So it took a week to find out that I actually had full on kidney failure and they found the reason why. Um, so I was in the hospital for a week and it took a biopsy to figure it out. Um, so my, they found out that my kidneys were only working about three to 5%. So they, yeah. So they said if I waited another week, I would have been dead. But at that point I should have been in a coma and I was walking around. I had actually planned to go to work that day. Like I was working the day before, like I was, I didn't look sick. Like everyone was very surprised. The doctor said that I was a Christmas gift because they had no idea what was wrong with me. And I did not look like a sick patient at all. So what drove you to go to the hospital? Like, 
just the headaches? Um, actually, I was just I was going for a routine blood work with a new doctor. I was that was setting up a new family doctor, and they were like, "You need to go, like, come see us because we found something in your blood work." So I went the next day, and they're like, "You need to go to the hospital right now." And she actually was like, "I feel like your something's up with your blood work. Like, I don't know if like." like your results got mixed up with somebody else. So I want to do blood work again, but then I've had history of high blood pressure and I told her that. And so she was like, she took it and it was over 200 for the top number, which the normal is 120. So they were like, you're going to the hospital right now. <laughs> you do not have an option. Um, so I went there and my, like I, they took my blood pressure again and it was like 210 or something. And they're like, you are going to be admitted. You're going to be here for a while. So, yeah, it okay, was. I'm just hearing crazy. this for the first time. Yeah, like, <laughs> crazy. It it was insane. Like they like nothing made sense. Like n- no one knew what was wrong, and they couldn't figure it out until the biopsy. That was the only option to figure out what actually was going on. So what happened then was that Taylor's mom, mm-hmm. who was in choir with me. Um, she, we were at choir practice on a Wednesday night and she had just learned of the diagnosis and she shared what was going on with Taylor as a prayer request for the team. And we prayed for Taylor and she had these little pamphlets and God did a thing in my heart at that moment that I'll never forget because I have a son who is just a little younger than Taylor and he's had diabetes since he was eight. Um, so type one diabetes. And so I know what it's like for a mother to have a child with, you know, health issues. And right then I just thought, oh my goodness, if a mother had a child with a health issue and someone could help, wouldn't they want them to help? So I knew right then that I would pursue it just to find out at least if I was a match. Mm -hmm. And I went to my family and we discussed it and I have the universal blood type, which I didn't even know at the time. And (laughs) And I just thought, OK, Lord, I'll be in it till I'm not in it. And if I go all the way through, then this is your doing. And that's how it went. Now, Sandra, is this something you would have ever thought prior to this of donating? Not in, a million years. it was that moment <laughs> at choir in prayer that that it happened. And, um, you know, my family, I feel like God has really given me and my family a grace. I think we don't even sometimes realize because they're like, Oh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> you know, At first, they're like, that's not going to happen. And they, they just forgot about it. And, and then they're like, OK, this is getting closer. And yeah, no one was worried. And you know what? I, I have to say I had a grace for not having any fear or even thinking about it much. It was mm-hmm. just like, this is something that's going to happen and it's going to be good. And it's going to help this this lovely family. And this is God's idea. So it just yeah. can't go sideways. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just was a real belief that just didn't shake and I and it's kind of crazy to say I wasn't fearful but I wasn't fearful I I just went through the steps thinking if I'm in I'm in if it if it doesn't work this is all this is all God's plan so that's pretty incredible faith <laughs> was it like that for both of you yeah and was it like that for your family, Sandra, too? Or were people like, what are you doing? Like, this is dangerous and scary. And No, in fact, I didn't tell um, my mom, who's 88, I didn't tell her to the week of. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't want her to worry if, if it doesn't even work out. Because it can kind of like crumble and fall apart if all of the medical fit needs don't line up. So yeah. I thought I'm not going to worry her. My children, who are all like 20 years and up, um, my four children just... 
Yeah, they thought, well, that's a wild thing mom's doing, but they didn't, they, they didn't seem to be worried. My daughter went on a trip with her husband. <laughs> like we were all just fine. And uh, yeah, my husband was super supportive. I have had my dinner cooked every day since November when he retired. So I have no complaints in life. And yeah, I just had a ton of support and I felt like the presence of God and just having peace. So yeah, it, it was super doable. I think the key is that when God is in it, then God is in it. You know, there's, there's, what is the point of fear if he's there and he's definitely every step of the way I felt peace. So uh taylor did um like was it the same for you did you have that peace through the whole journey or was it a scarier being on the the sick end of things i guess it, it was a little bit scarier just because like at that point um because they originally told me that like the whole process would take about a year but then COVID hit so then they stopped all surgery so it it's very much like because basically when you start the process like being on the like you're on this like sick end um, they very much are like, even though you get a kidney, it may not work. Like they very much like prepare you for that just because there is a chance that it doesn't work. So um, so for me, it was more a little bit nerve wracking because like she was donating something that was going to give me life. But it was also but it was also scary because like for so long I've been like just on dialysis. Like I haven't been able to live my life fully because like not feeling good and like um, and like doctor's appointments and it just, it takes up a lot of time. So I was very, it was also like to adjust to a new way of living afterwards and actually going back to normal, which I don't actually remember beforehand. Cause it just, I'd been dealing with this for almost three years. So it was very much like, was, it was definitely like, I was excited, but it was a struggle to actually just let God full, have like full faith in God that everything was going to work out. Um, especially since just through the whole process, like, Something good would happen, something bad would happen. So it was very much a different process. But then eventually I got to that point where it was like, you know what? Like, God wouldn't have made all of this work and, like, let it fail in the end because he's a good God. So, at, at like, to the point of, like, when the surgery was happening, I felt a lot better. But it took a little bit more for me to get there, for sure. Taylor did it- me in the hospital and said I can feel it working. It- and that was just the biggest like I didn't realize what a privilege this was going to be Mm -hmm. it it is such a privilege yeah and it wasn't for me that big of a deal although I understand it is a a big deal Mm -hmm. but it it is such a privilege I feel like I had four children now I get to help Mm -hmm. another child (laughs) be a mom in a weird way again so yeah it, it has been a privilege this uh the surgery wasn't that long ago that was on May 26th Tell us a little bit about what it was like the day of. You mentioned um, that, Taylor, you said you could feel it working immediately. What was that experience like when you both went in for your surgery? I was very nervous beforehand. Um, Like, because it was uh, it was very interesting. Like, I I met like somebody else there that was going to the same surgery and we were both like kind of nervous, but yet like excited. And then, like, um, it took a while for me to actually get into the room. So the whole time I'm just laying there like, oh, my gosh, like, I just want to do this. Like, I just want to, like, start feeling good again. And then they brought me in and then I was really nervous. But then they gave me all the meds and I was out. And then the next thing I knew, I was awake and I already started to feel different. Like, it was crazy. And then, like, um, like, and everything was working. Like, my creatinine, like, my toxicity level was going down and my blood and, like, 
the doctors are really impressed. Like I wanted to already start walking around. Like they're like, no, like stay in bed. Like you're okay. <laughs> let me get it. to shapes. <laughs> yeah, like, don't let it go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so like, it was, oh, it was so weird. Like I was so hyper. Like I'm sure the meds had something to do with that too. But like I was, I was bouncing off the walls. Like it was wow. really bad. Awake and alive. That's got to be a pretty incredible feeling, awake and alive after what you went through. I could not wait to get out of there and like just start living. I was so excited. And they're like, you got to take some time. Like you and my fiance is like, just slow down. Like we'll get there. Don't worry. (laughs) It's okay. Sandra, what was that experience like for you? Um, it, I just, at that point, you know, it's been a long journey um, up and down, lots of tests, lots of retests, just making sure we're both ready at the right time, uh, which was a miracle in itself because um, Manitoba is is losing one of our kidney transplant surgeons at the end of um, at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So we knew there were only so many spaces to be had, um, and they do the surgeries on Thursdays. And so we were really praying, and I know teams of people were praying that. <laughs> that we would both be physically ready and that we would have one of those spots. And we did get one of those spots. So that was wonderful. Um, So the day of, I just really wanted to get in there and get it done and, you know, just let it all happen. Mm -hmm. And and that's basically uh, what, what I did. I just went in, they tell you they're going to put that thing over your face and you're going to fall asleep and then you're going to wake up and second Mm -hmm. later, it seems like, and they're saying hi and it's done. So that was pretty amazing. That was exactly what it was like. And uh, I left the hospital the next day at about dinner time, and it went really, really well. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was uh, a doable experience. Mm-hmm. I I knew that I knew that it would be fine, and um, I knew that there were many people holding us in prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the whole process was like thinking about Taylor rather than all the other stuff like it was just protecting my mind from wondering I didn't even ask that many questions <laughs> a bit naive but you know the doctors know what they're doing mm-hmm. and and I just trusted the process and and let it happen and, and um yeah the blessing was on the other side for sure mm-hmm. just feeling like it it has been mm-hmm. a great experience and a privilege so what is this Taylor what does this mean for you like yeah, just tell us a little bit about what this really means for you. It means, honestly, the world. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> it's insane. Because, like, now, like, I like I wasn't able to do school because I was I had treatment like month, like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays in the mornings. And after like for anybody that's been on dialysis, like you do not feel up to do anything after you're exhausted. And like basically like you sleep the whole day after. And so I wasn't able to do school. I can only work a very limited time. Like, um, like me and my fiance, like we didn't know when we could get married because we didn't, we didn't know if we would be dealing with this, like for how long, because it just, you're waiting basically every day to get a phone call saying, Oh, Hey, we have a kidney for you. Like it's so like, I can live my life. Like it's like you have a port in that, like, um, you have two lines that like blood goes through and it goes like the valve goes into your heart. And that's like how you cleans your cleaning your blood through a machine. And like, I would have to wrap it to go into the shower. I couldn't go swimming. I like, you wouldn't really be able to travel because you'd have to be back for treatment the next day. Like 
I can actually go and experience things to like the fullest because you like we call it like dialysis brain like it just you're so foggy and like you don't really realize what's going on like and then by the time that you're like you feel normal again you have to go back for another treatment so it's just like I basically get to live life again because you're you're not living when you're in the chair like not to the fullest that you could. Sandra what is it like for you to hear that coming out of Taylor? Well it's 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 fantastic. Uh, at our last cross match, I met a, a man who was probably around my age uh, there for a checkup, and he had been on six hours daily dialysis uh, for 13 years. And, and that was such an encouraging story. He had had his transplant on April 1st, and he was telling me about his new life. And I thought, Lord, you're so good because you encouraged me so much. It was the week before surgery. And I thought, that's what it's all about is the freedom that's why we're doing this mm-hmm. is so Taylor can have the life that God planned for her to have mm-hmm. and have that hope and future. And so it's it's just awesome because I don't think a lot of it uh, has really sunk in. I was just following just being obedient. And and now, yeah, the blessings just come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they keep coming. How has this impacted both of your faith lives? It's really impacted mine because like. It's just like God did so much. And even like though during the time I didn't realize what he was doing, he was working like behind the scenes and that like I always knew that he was there. But like the fact that like it just he's blessed me so much. And it's just like I I just I feel like it's so much stronger and I have way more faith in God than during that time because it was very difficult just because of everything going on. So it just, it's definitely helped in a lot of ways and like with my belief system, because that would definitely was a struggle during the time of struggle, like through the past couple of years of just struggling with all this stuff and having to adjust to everything. It's hard to live with health issues and keep your faith very strong. I, I see the struggle in, in my own son and, and it's, uh, it, it, it does, it's a challenge. Um, but we can never outgive our God. He is the most loving, giving God that there is nothing we can do that, um, you know, can be more than what Jesus did for us. So, um, yeah, it, it's a faith builder for sure. I love that great lesson. God's at work, even when we don't see him or feel him. Right. And we can rest on that and trust in the process. It might turn out differently than we expect, but he's working and he cares. Uh, what do you say to people that are considering doing something wild and crazy like this <laughs> to the rest of the world, but, you know, given the gift of life, basically? Well, I say that if you believe and God puts that thought in your heart, in your head, that's his His purpose. Mm-hmm. And it is a blessing and it is doable. And there is grace that will see you through if um, if you have not come to know the Lord, well, it's time <laughs> because uh, there is just incredible um, peace and power available. Um, and and for any reason that you would want to help another be a human being in in any way like this, there is blessing that y- you might not even realize where it's coming from. But, um, you know, th- there is just blessing that will flow. So, um, yes, it's a it's a doable thing. And there are people who've been waiting like that man 13 years that I met. And Taylor's story has been relatively a quick one, which is a huge uh, testimony as well. But there are people waiting for 
for you know a decade <laughs> like yeah like the normal wait time for a like a living donor is like maybe four to five years if that like it kind of keeps getting wow. prolonged as each year goes by but then if you don't have a living donor because a lot of things have to match up for a living donor to work so then they have to wait for a deceased donor which is at least nine years of a wait I met someone in the hospital that had just received a kidney from a, like a deceased donor and he was on dialysis for 12 years. So it's very normal to have long wait times in a kidney transplant. So like if anyone would think about donating their kidney, like it, like you never know who it's going to help. You don't know their story, like, and how long they've been on there. Cause being a kidney patient, like it's, it's very difficult because you, you literally are waiting for a phone call and you have no idea how long that wait is going to be. So every day you wake up and just hope, Oh my gosh, will I get the phone call today? Mm. So it just, yeah. If, you, if anyone can donate, like they do a million dollar checkup is what we called it because they check multiple things and you see the best doctors, like they really take care of you when you mm. decide to give. And at 58, you know, I'm the healthiest I think I've been in a decade. <laughs> like prepared my body because I didn't even know I was this healthy. And um, and it's OK if you're a little bit older, they actually know your kidney function is probably very good. Yeah. And at this point in my life, it's probably not going to fail. So mm -hmm. I'd be giving Taylor a good kidney and I'd have a, a ah. good left for me. Yeah. So it's OK to be a little a little older because they know then, yeah, your chances are. Yeah. Are they good. actually prefer like that. You're a little bit older because it just when you're younger, like mm. they especially actually prefer it. Like if you've already had your family, like um, just because of health issues and stuff like stuff like that. So like if you're older and actually like they actually really prefer that. Very interesting. Uh, oh we'll but what if I need a kidney? I said <laughs> you'll have to ask dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll include info in the show notes for people how they can uh, look into becoming a living donor across Canada and North America. Maybe as we wrap up, tell us how can we pray for both of you going forward? Um, honestly, I guess just like a continue, like continuous recovery because um, in the first year of a kidney transplant, it is, it is normal for there to be a little bit of rejection. Um, and like they can always fix it like afterwards, but like we want the kidney to work as long as possible. So um, like basically just praying that the kidney stays alive, it stays healthy um, and that my body does everything that it needs to do. Um, and then for Sandra, like just continued. Yep, recovery health, for recovery, sure. Health. Health. And at this point, there there's no sign of rejection. Yeah, so we they, trust God that that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And um, we both are feeling really healthy and full of energy. Yeah. Every day is more normal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah um, just that people could pray for the, those who are considering uh, donating and those who are waiting that they would have uh, grace to know the path forward for yeah. sure. Yeah, Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story of life. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Remember, don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.